0: hello everyone welcome to celtic preacher podcast 95 it's all about trust jesus would say the whole thing your whole life is all about learning how to trust god yeah, you know, when you really simplify everything down and if you were to try and simplify, what does it mean to, to follow Christ? You know, what is it really all about? How would you simplify it? You know, you could possibly just use that line and say, well, it's all about learning how to trust God. But the hard part is you can't see God. And the hard part is you can't listen to God the way that you listen to a podcast, right, or or a person. You know, I mean, you can listen to God. You can learn how to listen to God. But it's kind of tricky because it takes a different kind of listening skill, doesn't it? It takes time to develop that. And even if you've tried to develop it a few years, you're, you still find yourself wondering what is that guidance now? what am I supposed to do? So yeah trust it's not easy because we can't touch God we can't we can't see God, we can't hear God and yet um, Jesus would say, well really, when we're talking about faith, anytime you use that word faith, we're talking about trust. we're talking about learning how to trust God. you know when we speak about faith, most of us would say, well, I don't know, whatever faith is, I need a little bit more. And of course, you know, Jesus teaches, and we've covered this in the past, the the parable of the mustard seed. Jesus teaches, no, no, you don't need any more faith. You don't need any more faith. What we all need to do is learn how to use the little bit of faith, the little bit of trust, that we have because once you start to use it you'll find that it'll start to grow this is the way it works once you start to use it it starts to grow it's it's a interesting phenomenon when you think about it i mean it's not that you get to the point in your life where you never worry or you never feel like you can't cope or you feel like you've got your life completely together and you have no more issues and problems. Now, it's not so much that, but I do think that what happens is that once you have a few years behind you of trusting God, uh, you start to see a pattern, and you look back and you think, wow, you know, I thought I was really going down there, and yet I didn't. You know, God helped me. Maybe a person came along, to help you. You think, wow, that was definitely sent by God. That was a God thing there. Or maybe an opportunity opened up that was quite unexpected. And and you you look back and you think, I could never have orchestrated that in a million years. Well, once you've had a few of these things happen over the months or years, you start to see this pattern of God's faithfulness. And so trusting gets a tad easier. Just gets a little bit easier because you've got that history. It's kind of trusting God actually is similar to trusting a person. If you have a good friend or you're you've got a great manager, you've got a great partnership, and you really trust your loved one. Because you know that they're there for you and Throughout the years they've been faithful and good and they've wanted the best for you, you know you start to you kind of take it for granted after a while right you you just sort of trust them because they've always been there they've all, they're always going to be there for you, and uh you sort of rest in that more don't you? well, you can start to do that a little bit with god you we can start to rest in that more the more experiences we have with God so today this is a text from Mark 7 it's a unusual text in some ways because Jesus actually lifts up someone as an example who has great faith he hardly ever ever does this (laughs) actually usually he's chastising his students because they have no trust and he's always you know getting exasperated with them saying how many years do you have to be with me and see all these things I'm doing, how long is it going to take before you understand that you can trust me on this? You can take my word and you can, you know, well, it takes them forever, of course, like us. But in this particular passage, Mark 7, he Lifts up the most unlikely character, and the reason that it's unlikely is, is because she's, uh, she's, she's uh, another faith tradition altogether. In those days, she was called a Gentile, uh, which was not a, a, a complimentary title. They would call the Gentile dogs. It meant that she was uh, heathen, basically, out of the faith tradition, far from God. She was uh, ancient Greek. Syro-Phoenician doesn't mean much to us, but in those days, it was the boundary line would be for all the good Jewish children in the ancient times, don't go over to that part of the territory because they're all Gentiles over there. They don't know God. They're all unclean. Stay away. Yeah, a lot of prejudice, a lot of hostility between the ancient peoples. Which reminded me, I was thinking this week, you know, over here, especially in North America, I don't know what's happening in other parts of the world so much. Definitely the UK too. There's this big push just now for inclusion of, of everyone. And every time I, I listen to it, I think, good grief. Jesus has been speaking about this for 2,000, 2000 years ago. Jesus spoke about the need to, yes... would say God loves everyone there is no you know Jew Gentile male female you know I mean it's such old news in some ways and yet it's it's obviously not old news because we don't quite get it do we but anyway I am getting off on track here oh yeah I was talking about this 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 ancient uh, siren Phoenician woman because she was the Actually, because she was the wrong gender to be teaching, especially the male disciples, any lessons. And she was uh, not Jewish. She was another religion altogether. And yet, Jesus pauses and says, take a lesson here, take a lesson. So here she comes in the story, in our narrative today. She's desperate, desperate for a healing for her daughter who is just terribly ill and you might think that she you know you might think that a a person of faith lifting up an example of a person of faith that they would be I don't know serene extremely confident very calm unflappable no Jesus said it's not about that it's really not about that it's about knowing where to go for help and trusting that the one the one will do the right thing by you so she comes to Jesus and she's kind of loud and she's kind of desperate and she's extremely persistent and she will not take no for an answer which is quite intriguing isn't it Here she is, this loud woman who is not going to take no for an answer. Jesus, please come and heal my daughter. He said, "Mm, no. Basically, he says no. Now, I think he's doing this to test her. I think, actually, I think he's doing it to show the disciples what she's made of so that the disciples and us, the next future generations, can learn from her what great trust looks like. She says, Jesus, come and heal my daughter. And he reminds her of the order of his, what we call ministry, the way that he's going to do things. The, 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 the whole way was set up that Jesus would come to ancient Israel. All his students would be Jewish. He would be Jewish. He would be the long-awaited Messiah, the Christ, who'd usher in God's new way of living, which he called the kingdom of God. And the order was, first of all, Jesus would come to the Jewish people. Then the boundaries would slowly be opened up, opened up, opened up to the entire world, planet, cosmos, everything else. But this was the order. And so when he comes to her, remember, she's not Jewish. She's not from Israel. He says, nope, I was sent here to the lost sheep of Israel. In other words, there's an order to my outreach. There's an order to my, my healing. First Israel, then everyone else. It's like, you need to take your turn because there's a plan here. And she persists. No, you've got to help me. You've got to help me. I understand. I get it. It's not fair to take the children's food. And throw it to the dogs. I get that. By the way, they were called dogs. The Gentiles were called dogs. She says, I know. I know it's not fair to take the children's food and throw it to the dogs. And no doubt, all the disciples at this point are nodding in agreement, saying, yeah, get rid of her, Jesus. Tell her to get out of here. We're not helping her. Go away. But she's persistent. And she keeps saying, you got to help me. You have to heal my daughter. I know It's not fair to take children's food and throw it to the dogs. But you know what? I am happy with a crumb. This dog will take a crumb from your table because a crumb is all I need. If this is from your hand, a crumb is all I need. Well, Jesus marvels at her persistence, her tenacity. And he says, woman, your daughter... healed. And at that moment, the girl is healed. And all the other disciples, all the other students around are listening to this. And it's like he's saying, now, take a lesson. This is what trust looks like. Did you notice how she hung, hung on in there? Did you notice that she didn't take offense? Now, offense is an interesting thing because we can become offended at god right the same way we can become offended with people right what happens when you become offended with a person when you're offended by someone you don't like the way that they treat you 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 don't like the way that they speak to you you take offense and usually unless you're highly highly forgiving immediately you're going to move away from that relationship and sometimes honest to be truthful though sometimes you do have to do this if if it's a if it's an abusive relationship that's pulling you down but generally you know in everyday life if some if somebody offends us in some way we pull back don't we we can do the same thing with God if we feel offended by God we can pull back If we keep asking for something and the answer's no or not yet, in other words, your heart's desire doesn't get answered, you can become offended at that and say, okay, you know what? There's no point to this. There's no point in me keeping talking to God. God doesn't care. That would be offense. God doesn't listen. That would be you being offended. That would be me being offended if I say, God doesn't care. God doesn't listen. God just lets anything happen to me. God is ignoring me. God is punishing me. All these sorts of things that we can say, feel, do. It's like we can take offense and we can withdraw. And many people do. This is just the sad fact, we do. Um, Yeah, it's easy to start off in faith. It's easy to start off trusting God. not not so easy two or three years down the road and and certainly not easy with a whole lifetime so she could have taken offence he said to her no I'm here for the children of Israel Uh, no I can't heal your daughter it's not good for me to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs she could have been highly offended at that she comes right back and she says fair enough I get that. I respect that. I respect that you have an order to things. But I know you. I know you. And I know you're good. And I know that you won't turn me away. And I know you care. And you know what? I know you care about all people. And I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I know that you don't care that I'm from the other side. And I'm asking. I'm asking that you will heal my daughter. And I'm not going away because I don't have any other hope. I have no other hope. I'm not going away anywhere. Oh, Jesus, like, this is is trust, people. This is what trust looks like. There's no plan B here. She has nowhere else to turn. You know what trust is like? It's not holding on until God says yes, because the truth of the matter is, God may not say yes. Trust is... When you hang on and you look to God and the bottom line is, God, if you say yes, that's great. If you say maybe, well, that's okay. I can kind of handle that a bit. If you say no, I'm still hanging on because I don't have anywhere else to turn to. And you ultimately are my only hope. You ultimately are the one that can pull me through, take me through, show me the way, give me the guidance, give me the strength, hold me together, ultimately, it's only you. Jesus would say, that is great faith. It's not having your life all together. It's not having any problems. It's not about getting to the place where you're never anxious, you're never worried, you're never scared. It's not getting to the place where... All your childhood issues are suddenly fixed. And there you are, walking enlightenment. No, I mean, that'd be great if you can get to that point. That's wonderful and that's great. But that, as far as Jesus is concerned, faith, having great faith, trust is all about trusting God with where you are today and whatever, that you, whatever you're dealing with today. You might be overly challenged by something. You might be looking for guidance and you've got your first step, but you don't know your second step, which happens to be the way it seems to be. You only get one step at a time. We never get all 10 steps. (laughs) Yeah, I wish we did, but it doesn't seem to be that way. You might be looking for guidance. You might just need some strength and energy because you're tired. Or you might need a sense of direction because you're really not sure what to do next. Or you might feel like you've really, really messed up so much. Oh my goodness. You think, I will never, I don't think I'll ever get this sorted out. Maybe you made a terrible mistake. Maybe you misjudged. Maybe you lost your job. You know, all sorts of things can happen and like Maybe you're really worried about someone or a situation. doesn't really matter what it is. Faith, trust, ultimately, I mean, you have to use your common sense and do what you need to do. You have to know what's your, your part and what's God's part. But underneath it all, underneath it all, you have that one who is holding you together. And the reason that she's lifted up as great faith is because she's persistent. You know, there's times in our lives where we really need to be persistent. You have to have a bit backbone when all is said and done to follow Christ. You really do. Because it's not always easy. And you have to have some tenacity. You know, you have to have some push that you will carry on and that you will not give up easily. And and this woman... The nameless one. We should, we should give them all names. This woman, this, this name. she has this kind of grit. And Jesus is saying, now take a lesson. Take a lesson. You've got to have this kind of grit. You have to have this kind of grit. You can't just fold your cards and collapse in a heap. God's with you. God's with you. That is enough. That's enough. No matter what happens, that's going to be enough. Emmanuel, God with us. See, there's the heart cry, isn't it? There's the heart cry. There's the prayer. Oh, God, yes, I need, I want this grit that this woman has. And I want this tenacity and I want this persistence. I need to have this persistence, God, to get me through this season of my life. We're all in different seasons, right? We're all facing different things. But whatever it is, it's like there's the prayer. There's the heart cry. God, I'm looking to you. I'm not going anywhere else. I'm not going anywhere else. I know you're good. I know you'll do the right thing. Whether the answer is yes, no, or maybe. Well, thank you for listening. You've been listening to Celtic Preacher. Join with me again next week for another episode.